Amen, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you so much, praise team. This morning on Father's Day, uh, I want to preach a message entitled, Better Than Cracker Barrel. That was, that was hard for me to come up with a title, uh, but I think you'll see what I'm talking about in just a little bit. Uh, this morning on Father's Day, I want to preach uh, about a fishing story. Uh, I can guarantee you one thing. As I look out uh, at our crowd uh, here in the building and those who are watching on Facebook, I can promise you one thing. I am the worst fisherman uh, in this building. I promise you that. You say, Brother Tony, I've never been fishing. Uh, I'm still worse than you are. I, I guarantee you that. Listen very carefully. Uh, years ago, I took my family near Gatlinburg to a place called Terry's Trout Farm. And as we were checking in, uh, they said to us, it is near impossible not to catch a fish. Well, I proved to them that I can do the impossible. Uh, because Daniel, after we got through, Daniel was about that tall at that time. Daniel walked up to me and he said, Daddy, I catched seven fish you catched no fish like that. And it was the truth. I mean, he was pulling them up. It was like they were marching out of the pond and jumping onto his hook. And I could not get one bite. Here in this passage of Scripture, this might be, church, listen, this might be my favorite fish story in the Bible. It's interesting to me that it seems... As you read the New Testament, that the disciples never caught a fish without the help of Jesus. And they were fishermen. But every story, Jesus steps in and he helps them. And so on this Father's Day, I want us to look at this incredible, incredible truth. I think we can uh, look here and glean several things this morning. There are only two points. First of all, I want us to look at empty nets. I want us to look at the empty nets. When you look at this passage in verse 1, it says, After these things. Very quickly, that gives us the context. Uh, it's talking about right after the discussion, the conversation that Jesus had with Thomas. Also, they had just finished a, a feast in that area. And I believe also, after these things, it deals with the post-resurrection appearances. Uh, John mentions several of them right in a row. You know, it's amazing when you look at the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus, how amazing, incredible, and powerful they are. Uh, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, he tells us that Jesus after he resurrected, walked around for 40 days and 40 nights before his ascension, and that he was seen by many people. It says that in one place he was seen by over 500 people. And I love the way he puts this. He says, go ahead, ask them. Most of them are still alive, and, and they will give you an eyewitness account. And so here John gives us the context. And he says, after these things, notice, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples um, at the Sea of Tiberias. 
Now, it tells us where they are. We call it the Sea of Galilee. Um, John writes 30 years after the life of Christ. And so the Romans called this the Sea of Tiberias in honor of Tiberius Caesar. When we travel, like we did a couple of Januaries ago, when we travel, uh, Mike Darling, we stayed in Tiberias that first night. It's a beautiful place. And the reason that I like to stay there is because we arrive at night and in the morning when you get up there in Tiberias, you can see the beautiful sea of Galilee. And so John lets us know what's going on, the context, and where we are. And so it says that Jesus shows himself. Jesus manifests himself. Jesus reveals himself. And then it gives us a list of who is there. And this list to me, church, is very intriguing. It starts out with Simon Peter. Simon was the denier. And then the very next one that's listed is Thomas, and Thomas is the doubter. And so the very first two disciples that are mentioned are a denier and a doubter. You know what that spells to me? That spells grace. Because no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, you can play into the picture, into the book that Jesus is writing because of his amazing grace. And so Simon was there. Thomas was there. Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee was there. It says the sons of Zebedee were there. You know who they are, the sons of thunder, James and, and John. And then it says this, and two other of his disciples. And so he tells us who all is there. And, and again, it speaks to grace. Seven of the 11 remaining disciples are there. And then you pick up in verse 3, and it says this, Simon Peter, now listen to this, Simon Peter said to them, I am going to fishing. I love the way that reads in the King James Version. In the King James Version it says this, I go a fishing. That's what it says. I go a fishing. Almost sounds like Peter is southern or something. I go a fishing. And so when you look at that, Jesus had told them, Jesus had told them to meet him in Galilee. And if you recall, Jesus called them while they were fishing and he, he tells them this, listen, I'm going to make you fishers of what? Men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. But all of a sudden, we see, listen very carefully, we see Peter going back to his old life. Maybe he was bored. Maybe Peter was just comfortable with fishing. Maybe he was desperate. Maybe he was like many of us, just impatient. Uh, when you look at his life, maybe he had reached a time when he was just uncertain. Or maybe truly, giving him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he was just waiting further instructions. But when we look at what he's doing, he is going back. 
God had called him, Jesus had called them to be fishers of men, and now they're going back to their old lifestyle. Can I tell you something? It's not good to go back. In high school, uh, please don't laugh. In high school, please don't giggle. In high school, I had a 1976 white Ford Pinto. Amen. I loved that car. That was the one I've told you about that I would, I would pull it into a gas station and I would say, fill it up with oil and check the gas. I, I promise you that because it always needed oil. Um, that was the one that the seat, the driver's seat, uh, was not fastened down, fastened down. And on my first date, this is 37 years ago with Leslie, she was in the passenger side. I was in the driver's side, actually. And when I stopped at the stop sign, this is no kidding, I went forward <laughs> like this. And Leslie just sort of looked like that. And when I pulled off, it was a little sweet four-speed. When I pulled off, I went back in the seat like this. And Leslie, I'm not kidding, she went like that. Like this. I loved that car. But you, listen, honestly, look at me. Everybody look at me. If you said, preacher, would you rather have that car right now or a Beamer? Would you rather have that car or a little Mercedes? Would you rather have that car or a Mustang? You know what my answer would be? I would rather have a Beamer, a Mustang, or a Mercedes. I, I don't want to go back. Peter, he was going back. He was going back. Notice what it says here. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And notice this. They said to him, we are going with you also. I just want to quickly say, we influence the lives of others. We impact the lives of others. Peter is a leader. And Peter says, listen, uh, I just don't know what's going on right now. I don't know where Jesus is, and I'm going fishing. The rest of the disciples just jumped on board, and they said this, we're going to. We're going to go with you. And notice what the Bible says. Don't miss this. This is so good. Look. They went fishing with Peter. They went out all night long in the boat, and they caught, what does it say? They caught nothing. Can I be honest with you this morning? That word haunts me. They caught nothing. They were in the boat. Jesus was nowhere to be found and they catch nothing. I want to remind you of a passage of Scripture over in the 15th chapter of John. Listen to these words, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. But listen to these words. For without me you can do what? Nothing. Church, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And these men, most of them professional fishermen, they fish all night long and they catch nothing. This morning, maybe you would look at me and you say, Pastor, listen, can I be honest with you? My life is empty right now. There is a sadness 
there is a void in my life. This word, nothing, as I said a moment ago, it really does haunt me. Because I know, I know, I know, I've lived long enough on this earth to know that in our human ability, we can use charisma, we can use charm, we can use hustle, we can use looks, we can use talent, and we can get so far in this world. But when it comes to the things of God, we can do nothing. When it comes to the things of God, we are ineffective. There is an emptiness because we try sometimes to do it without Jesus. The Bible says, listen, the Bible says, the Bible says they caught nothing. And notice what it says here. In verse 4, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Maybe it was foggy. I believe one part of it is this. They, they were not looking for him. They didn't expect him. I believe another part of it is this. If you look at the post-resurrection appearances, uh, the women didn't know it was Jesus there in the garden. Uh, the two men from Emmaus, they walked with him and did not realize it was him. There was just something different. And here, they didn't know that it was Jesus. But Jesus said to them, in verse 5, Children, have you any food? That word children is so interesting. It's like us saying the word boys, or hey guys, or fellows, or hey lads. Did you... Did you catch anything? Did you catch anything? And what I love is this. He was not asking this for information. Did you hear what I said? He wasn't asking this for information. He was wanting them to face their failure. And, and to have a little bit of humility. Because it's hard for a fisherman to say, I didn't catch anything. Uh, Tuesday is usually when we leave for our summer break to Panama City. Uh, I always leave the Tuesday after Father's Day, and we're not going to do that this year because Leslie is still recovering from surgery. But one of the things I love to do in Panama City is walk down the pier. I love to walk down that pier, and, and when I do, there are fishermen on each side. And, and this, you know, th you just say this, Did you, have you caught anything yet? But you don't even have to ask because you can tell by the way they're looking at it. They just look so sad when they haven't called anything. Can you imagine? Can you imagine these disciples? And I, I know they're exhausted. I know they're embarrassed. I know they're a little in, uh, irritated. And Jesus said, Hey, have you caught anything? And they said, No. They didn't use any excuse. Uh, they didn't say, Well, it was a full moon. Or it was a low tide or a high tide. They, they didn't say, well, you should have seen the one that got away. They, they didn't say any of that. But they simply said, no. And he said to them, now notice this, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. Now, 
To a fisherman, that would sound silly. To a fisherman, that would sound ridiculous, really. It would be like if you were a salesman and you were working the phone all day long and your boss walked in and said, hey, listen, have you sold anything? And you look up and say no. And he says, hey, listen, try the phone on the other ear. That'd be how silly it would sound to these fishermen. But I want you to notice what they did. Look at what they did. Jesus looks at them and says, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Isn't that beautiful? I love this. Hey, hey, I love this fish story. You know why? Because it had absolutely nothing to do with the width of the boat. When we were in the kibbutz of Gennesar, um, a couple of Januarys ago, and I've seen it many times, they have excavated what they call the Jesus boat. And that boat is about seven and a half feet wide. And so when Jesus said, throw it on the other side, the difference was not seven and a half feet. The difference was they responded to the words of Jesus. And church, that's what's going to be the victory in your life. Please listen to me this morning. Please listen to me this morning. Maybe you're here and, and you're empty inside. You're, you're here and, and that word, nothing, haunts you like it haunts me. Maybe there's a sadness. Maybe there's a void in your life this morning. And I promise you that victory comes when we respond to the words of Jesus. I promise you that. And here they, they just respond. And the Bible says that they, when they drew it, there was a multitude of fish. And, and then in verse 7, we go, listen, we go from empty nets to full hearts. Empty nets to full hearts. Look at what the Bible says in verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, that was John, all right, the one that's writing this, he says, the one that Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, stop just for a second. John was first in recognition. Peter was first in devotion. John said, It is is the Lord. I believe John was having a little deja vu. Uh, in Luke chapter 5, we see a very similar thing when they were first called. That's when he said, listen, you're going to be fishers of men. They, they pulled in a large uh, amount of fish and Peter fell down and said, I'm a sinful man. And I believe John was remembering that and he said, hey, that's the Lord. And look at what Peter does. Don't you love old Peter? Look at what Peter does. Peter heard that it was the Lord. And he put on his outer garment for he had removed it. In other words, he, he was in his underbreeches, okay? He was fishing in his underbreeches and he puts on his outer garment. 
and he plunges into the sea. He was so excited that Jesus was there, he threw himself overboard. Threw himself overboard. He, he just jumps into the water. Peter had something with water, didn't he? He just jumps into the water. The Bible tells us that they were 100 yards from the shore. That's a football field. That's a football field. And so he squints, and, and, and John says, it's the Lord. Peter throws himself overboard because he can't wait. Man, that spoke to my heart. Oh, that I would be like that for my Jesus. That I, that, are you all out there today? That, that, I, I, that I just couldn't wait to get to Jesus. I've been preaching for over 35 years. And, and there have been some time. Now listen, don't, don't miss what I'm about to say. There have been some time, not many, not many, but there have been times when I've been preaching. Hey, Joe, I don't know if this ever happened to you, brother. But when I've been preaching, when, when before I even give the invitation, people have walked up and stood right there, right while I'm preaching. And I look down. And they'll go, I need Jesus. Hey, before I say amen, before I give the invitation, guess what I've done every time? I've looked at them and I've said, hey, that's not in the bulletin. Sit down. No, that's not what I've done. I've stopped everything. And each time, listen, we have led them to the Lord. And, and it's just a revival time, an exciting time. Why? They can't wait to the invitation. And by the way, this is our third week, week without a bulletin, and we've made it all right. Amen. We, we've made it all right. And, and listen, what I'm saying is it's so amazing. Peter couldn't wait. He jumps. He throws himself overboard to get to Jesus. Mm. Verse 9. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread there, and... Uh, Jesus, in verse 10, said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have caught. And Peter went up and he dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153, maybe around 300 pounds of fish, pulling this thing. And although there were there so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, Hey, listen, Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. I promise you, I was not there, but that breakfast was better than Cracker Barrel. I promise you that. That's hard for me to say. I love Cracker Barrel. But it was better than Her Uncle Herschel's. Jesus made it. He was laying there on the fire. And Jesus said, listen, you bring what you caught. You can get involved in this thing. I've made you, I've made you breakfast. Hey, you come and, and, and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, why? They knew that it was the Lord. 
this morning, this morning you're here, and maybe, just maybe, there is an emptiness, somewhat of a sadness, maybe a void. I just want to say, listen, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say that Jesus is on the shore, and he's bidding you to come. And when we try life, listen, when we try life without him, really we catch nothing. But, but when, we, when we can't wait to get in his presence, when we can't wait to stay in his presence, there's, there's something powerful about that. Um. Avery Cade and Emery Lane, they've been coming to our pool. And um, Avery, she's been there now for three years. And so she gets on the side of that pool. And when Pop's in the pool, I'll say, jump, Avery. You know what she does? She jumps. She jumps. She's so used to it. That sometimes she'll do a twirl. Sometimes she'll say one, two, and she won't even get to three. And she'll turn around backwards and she'll jump backwards. Now she's found the diving board. And she is wearing me out. She's where I'm, I'm in the deep and I'm, <laughs> I'm treading water. I'm treading water in the deep and... And she just, she's, she just runs to the diving board, and she walks on the diving board, and then she jumps. And I let her go under a little bit, and then I catch her, and then I pull her to the side, and then I put her on there, and here she goes again. <laughs> wearing me, she's wearing pop out. But little Emery, this is Emery, this, this is Emery. <laughs> Jump, Emery! She's so cute. Got little dimples. Jump, Emery. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying my best to get her. Every once in a while, she'll jump in. What's the difference? Avery, she trusts Pop. Because I've rarely dropped her. I've dropped her a couple of times. But I've rarely dropped her. And so she trusts Pop. Emery, yeah, the, the jury's still out with Emery right now. Hey, listen, Jesus, and Peter said, it is the Lord. Could not wait to get to him. And next week, I can't wait. Till ne- I, know, I know what I'm about to say next week. And unless Jesus comes back, I'm going to say it. And I can't wait to share with you the what, was, what goes on next? But there was a trust level building. And he jumps overboard. He, he throws himself overboard. So this morning, I just want to get, get it to you as simple as I can because I'm pretty simple. Are you an Avery and you're doing backflips to get to Jesus? Or are you an Emory? 
and you're, you're, you're very hesitant. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, you can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. You can, you can. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. We're going to have a time of invitation. We have um, not been really coming down front, but I want to do this this morning. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. David is going to play. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I'm going to pray. And if you need to come and just spend a moment at this altar, Maybe you just want to jump off. You want to throw yourself overboard. And walk down and just kneel for just a moment. And get in the presence. Spend some time with the King. His name is Jesus. We're going to take a moment just to do that this morning. And then we will close in prayer. Father, God, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you and Lord, we thank you so much that we can be here today. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would just speak to every heart, beginning with my heart. And Lord, if there are decisions that need to be made, that today those decisions will be made. In Jesus' name, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one looking around. If you need to just slip down to an altar, would you do that right now? Just slip down and spend some time. As our altar is being used, God has spoken to you. right there where you are as you make a decision oh God Lord we thank you so much for your love God we thank you for this story and your word Lord help us to be men and women that don't go back Father help us to Take the risk of getting to you. Help us to listen to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here. You are dismissed. High five. Air high five on the way out. God bless.